Did you know on the Unmute Podcast Network every Friday, Lynn sits down and chats about three tech news stories that caught her attention over the last week. If you're interested in a quick recap of stories you may not have heard, check out Friday Finds with Lynn every Friday. Find Unmute in your favorite podcast app and send us an email to feedback at unmute.show with stories you think Lynn should check out. Stay abreast with this week's news updates. I feel like I haven't done this in a while, but things kind of just fall into place, you know? <laughs> I was going to open up the show. We're back. <laughs> I don't remember the last time we did this, but we're back. Yes, yes, we are back. The last time we actually did this was when we talked about traveling to convention. How'd convention go for you, Demasi? Man, listen, I'm not leaving my house ever again in life. Um, I go to the convention. I didn't get to walk around and do anything there because we were super busy uh, at, at the AT guys table. Uh, somebody stepped on my cane and broke it. Oh, so, I didn't uh, hear about that. Oh, yeah, man. So uh, out and it was fortunately like Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday for me uh, later in the evening. Had to be Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday was the late day for you guys. Uh, somebody stepped on my cane as I was headed towards the elevator and kind of like broke off the end of it. Like it's still sort of kind of connected. I'm not really sure it is. This is also a folding cane just for anybody listening. So I'm not really quite sure how it continued to function, but it did. So (laughs) I'm not, I didn't, I didn't investigate. I didn't try to figure it out. I didn't try to fix it. I was like, Oh, I can still fold it. I can still unfold it. And if I'm careful with this last little, you know, piece that snaps into place, it still works. So that happened. Then I get home uh, and, well, let's see, I almost missed my plane coming back, which would have been terrible. And then I get home and I got COVID. So, um, yeah, I'm not going anywhere again. Uh, he lies. He's going to Talladega next month. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where you're going. Yeah. I just signed AT guys up for a uh, local local veterans um, exhibit on the 18th of August. Don't have to pay anything. It's 15 miles away from me. So, you know, got to get the word out there. Got to go out there and start meeting some people. Um, and that's one thing that I got out of convention is I met a lot of people. So many people that I haven't gotten back to any of them. So if you're listening to the show. Expect an email from me next week. The boys went camping today and I got back and Nicholas's flight was delayed. So he ended up not getting in till midnight and they're not supposed to fly unaccompanied minors past 9 PM, but they made an exception for him because, well, he was already in Seattle. So it was either fly him down to me or fly him home. Either way, he's an unaccompanied minor that has to fly somewhere. Right. So, um, yeah. And so I've been spending time with him since I got back, but I have, quite a bit of people to get back to this coming week and then getting caught up on convention. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. Uh, I was hoping to have more done today and then I got on some long calls and I think enough said there. Yep. Yep. So I got into Houston. Um, basically let's see. So my flight was delayed. I don't think you had a delay going out. Uh, but I was amongst that group of people. It seemed like everybody's flights were delayed that were coming into Houston on that Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I didn't get to Houston until like 10 something when I was supposed to be there like 845 ish, nine o'clock. So I was like an hour and a half, nearly two hours late getting to Houston. And then uh, by the time I got to the actual hotel, it was nearly 12 o'clock. So I didn't actually step into my room until after 12 a.m. on Saturday morning. I was supposed to be in Chicago at 745 or 730, somewhere around there. I, like you, was delayed to just after midnight, and then uh, I didn't get to the hotel till just after 1 a.m. It was it was a mess. Anywhere traveling. And, and some people were like, oh, well, what's going into the 4th of July weekend? Nope, that's just travel in the United States now. Like, expect it to be delayed. And apparently there was a son of a... <laughs> Demasi just broke his mic stand. No. So uh, we'll cut out the son of a course. So what just happened is there's a cat. uh, Because, oh, yeah, you don't know about the cats. I haven't told you about the cats, have I? You have cats? We have cats. We have kittens. Why? Um, Yeah, so see, this is what happens when you travel. This is what happens when you leave. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we don't have a cat. We have two cats, two kittens oh, that are still small. Uh, and they're currently up on, so you know this, and, and probably longtime listeners will remember that I do have a mattress up behind me for some yep. sound dampening. Yep. Uh, well, cats the cats have been it. hanging out on top of the mattress for most of the afternoon and just knocked something down that was also on top of the mattress that I forgot was up there. So, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> and then the cat just landed on my head. Hold on one second. Okay, now I got to get Tia to come get because the cat literally just landed on my head. Hold on. I heard that. <laughs> so I think I know how they got down the first. How she got down the first time? She just fell off. Nah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So was it one of those? So we did this. No say in it. Or <laughs> this is what happens when you and I don't talk for two weeks. Yep, this is what happens when we don't talk for three weeks. We can't let this happen again, man. It's kind of weird stuff. So, no, Tia did tell me that she was going to. Uh, one of her friend's mother's cats has some kittens, and she did tell me that she wanted to get kittens um, and that she was going to try to get two. So I knew about it, and her reasoning actually um, made sense, which was we have on occasions off and on paid an exterminator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like, I can feed the cats for cheaper than the exterminator and they'll take care of stuff that the exterminator hadn't been actually taken care of because you know how that kind of goes with a lot of exterminators. They don't necessarily do what you're paying them to do. You know, they come around and spray some stuff, but, you know, evolution, man. <laughs> uh, so I did know about them before I, I, I came back. To okay, everybody. okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's good. I think Tia should have waited until you got home. Uh, it wasn't one of those situations, you know, like with Dakota where it's like, hey, there's a dog now. <laughs> <laughs> so I just posted on Mastodon. If you want to learn why a cat just fell on Demonte's head, <laughs> a side effect that I didn't think about at all of having the cat, though, is it has had a, a a significant improvement generally to Mia's behavior and moods. Uh, for those listening that don't know, my daughter is on the autism spectrum. Uh, it has made a huge difference. So just for that alone, it is has been worth it. Uh, which is, you know, like I said, unexpected upside. Yeah. Uh, unless they fall off a mattress on your head, then you know, <laughs> there's that aspect. That's going to be fun editing. Oh. Uh, but what I was saying before the cat fell on my head was, uh, so there was also a um, strike going on with a lot of the air traffic controller mm. that same weekend so that is one of the reasons a lot of the flights were delayed there was also weather in some places where they couldn't land uh, like the planes so a lot of lot of circling and a lot of circling in diversions as well but yeah i heard about the um the um Strike. uh, strikes once i was in houston like at the houston airport talking to uh, a couple of people that were there and turns out that the airports were, or the airlines were taking the cop out and like, well, we don't have anything to do with air traffic controllers. Like they don't work for us directly. So your delays in your flights are not our faults. Therefore, we don't have to compensate you in any sort of way. Mm, mm. I will say Southwest treated me well. Southwest treated me well. I will fly them where I can probably from now on uh, them and then Alaska Airlines. Because they gave me a hundred dollar voucher because of the delays. Ah, so you missed a connection, right? Yeah. 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 So they they were uh so fortunately for me I had just a direct flight from Birmingham to Houston, so I didn't have any connection. So I, I really wasn't stressing about getting there at all. Yeah. Like I'll get You knew you'd get there eventually, but Yeah, and I know I wasn't gonna miss any sort of connection. There are people who miss some connections. Um Southwest there, at least for one uh person that was on the flight with me that did have a connection in Houston to go to New Orleans uh, did not get treated very well. Uh, oh. They were supposed to try to hold that flight because apparently there were several flights coming in that were supposed to be connecting to that flight. Um, that flight took off at some point while we were still in the air. And when she got there, at least at, at least at the time that we kind of, you know, went our separate ways once I had my, my uh, bag or whatever, she was still trying to figure out what she was going to do. And they had not stepped up to say, hey, we'll pay for a room for you or anything like that at this point. So her plan was, I'm going to leave the airport, probably go to a club or bar or something, have a couple of drinks, get something <laughs> to eat, and then just come back and hang out in the airport until six in the morning when I can catch another flight. Uh, but I don't know what the actual results of that were. Right. That would have been my plan if if there wasn't 
the flight out of Denver that I was able to catch, but you know, God, I, although you heard something that I did on the way back from Schaumburg when I was in Vegas for a couple of hours that you had some questions about. Oh yeah. So you mentioned to me kind of offhandedly, um, it was one of those things where Mike was like, Oh yeah. So when I landed in Vegas, I just used Ira to, you know, navigate through the airport. And I was like, huh. Uh, and Mike, for those listening, Mike did leave because the ACB convention ended, I think the day before, yeah. um, NFBs did. Uh, so Michael was actually, uh, on his way back home at the time I was still in Houston. So he just kind of casually mentioned that, you know, he used Ira in the airport. And I was like, oh, interesting. I get to the airport on Friday. I was like, huh, maybe I should pull out Ira <laughs> to, try to, get, <laughs> to try to figure out uh, where's the check bag thing so I can get them to check my bag and then uh, get to my gate so I can try to get on my plane because I was running a little late. And the reason I was running a little late is because I, um, I had to ship some stuff back. I realized that... Uh, in addition to the demo stuff I took just to make sure that we had some or that we had more than one of some of the products uh, out for demo, also had some open box stuff that was returned at the table that I needed to also bring back. Uh, I probably should have just sent it back with JJ, but I didn't do that. So I was looking at my suitcase and like, well, I was two pounds overcoming. If I stuff this crap in here, I'm going to be way over and they're probably <laughs> not going to be nice and wave any kind of over overweight fee. So I went to the FedEx location and shipped it back. And the classic mistake I made here with FedEx was um, I had not been to the actual FedEx, so I didn't know where it was. I just knew which floor it was on and kind of roughly on which side of the hotel. Mm -hmm. Well, instead of me going to find a hotel, well, I thought I would find somebody on that third floor when I got out there. And then I realized once I was there walking around for about 10 minutes, like, oh, wait, convention's over, completely over. Everybody's leaving there's probably not going to be some random hotel worker out here that I can ask like, hey, where's the FedEx? So what I should have done is what I ended up doing, which is going down to the first floor, going to the concierge and being like, hey, can I get somebody to help me over to the FedEx? So that little bit of time I wasted looking myself before getting help uh, put me behind the time I wanted to leave the airport, uh, leave the hotel to go to the airport. Uh, I did make it, and then I get there and... Uh, TSA, man, they completely, like, they basically yanked everything out of my backpack uh, for some cables, essentially, because uh, I had taken out everything that was, you know, larger than my phone, of course, is, you know, in the thing. Uh, I took out the Braille display. I took out the speaker that was in my backpack, uh, and they basically sent my bag through, like, twice and then went back and just yanked everything out of it and dumped it, um, which... I was over there like, it's nearly 2 o'clock and boarding starts at 2 o'clock and right. um, I, my flight does not appear to be delayed at all. So can you please hurry up? Uh, so that was stressful. Uh, and, and then I get back home and discover that, oh, I think either somebody swiped my speaker or it just got left. Uh, my, my little small tribute. uh Max boom. Uh, Max boom speaker from AT guy. So now I have to buy another one because, you know, I mean, I need one for demo, but also like that speaker. <laughs> uh, hey, at least we have them in stock again. That is the thing. I was like, oh, man, now I feel like everybody else that ordered the speaker at convention is like, oh, well, it's on a boat. So it'll be here at some point. I get home and realize I don't have the speakers like, oh, well, now I'm waiting on the boat, too. <laughs> the speaker. You should have uh, just used Ira at the hotel. Um. So that did not occur to me, honestly. Right. Um, and also, so, and, and one reason that I think it probably didn't occur to me to do this is because I was dragging a suitcase. I uh, also did not have a slinger to put my phone uh -huh. on to try to use. Uh -huh. uh, but I was pulling my suitcase and I had two of our little, you know, bags that we were putting people's stuff in that, that had all of the stuff that I needed to ship back. So one, holding all of that stuff and trying to hold my phone would have been a little difficult. And two, like for me, I typically use the West side elevators in the hotel. Cause that's where my room was. at was on the West side of the hotel. FedEx was all the way on the other side of the hotel from gotcha. where I tended to use elevators. So uh, it, it didn't occur to me really to think about Ira. And once I looked at the time, I was like, I just got to find somebody to take me yep. over. And I texted JJ and didn't get a response back from here real quick. Like, hey, man, where are you? Like, can I get you to come get these bags from FedEx and for me? Because you're not leaving until 
three or something. Uh, so yeah, I was just scrambling. But I wanted to know about your experience using Ira in the airport. And I discovered at least one th- thing from you is that you kind of came off the plane with Ira ready to go when you were in uh, Vegas, right? Yeah. So when we landed, uh, I, and they said you, well, even before they said I could use my phone, I had my phone out and I had opened Ira and had my finger on the call in agent. And once the plane, like, you know, when that plane's coming to a stop, like Mm -hmm. they'll slow down and then, you know, it's actually stopping to, to get you connected with the jetway. And I had to, I had to carry the blast on board with me. Those who don't know, it's a 12 pound speaker looks like a boom box. And so that was in the overhead compartment with my backpack and I checked a bag, but I didn't have to worry about the check bag, obviously in Vegas. So I hit the call agent right as the plane was stopping. And I had an agent on probably in about 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds. It was pretty quick. And, uh, my phone had the slinger on it. Well, the slinger slim, cause I prefer that. Although Interesting news about the slinger coming in September. Demasi doesn't know about, so I will share that with him. Let's just say keeping the slinger on your phone is going to be a lot more manageable. Uh, so when, and taking it off will be easier. When I got in there though, I uh, had Ira on the phone and the stewardess was like, Hey, do you need some assistance? It's going to be about 20 to 40 minutes. Like, like that's a huge gap. And I don't got time to wait for that. So I said, no, I got it. And I appreciate it. And so she actually let me off the plane first, which was kind of cool. So we grabbed the blast. And so I had the blast in my left hand, backpack on my back and my cane in my right hand. And uh, Ira was like guiding me up through the jetway and told me, hey, there's a turn to the right right here. Uh, and there's a ramp right there. So you'll need to go up a little bit. And by the time I got to the top of the jetway, I'm like, hey, just so you know, I'm at the Las Vegas airport. And she goes, I know, I'm already looking at the map. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I need to find this gate because TripIt told me what gate my uh, flight was currently at. And she said, okay, well, let's try this. Uh, let's head this to the right. And uh, there's a person right there. Step to your right. Step to your right. You know, she gave me that command a couple of times or step to your left to go around this this pole. And I just started cruising down the the uh, terminal with my cane. People were moving out of the way like they typically do when you're walking pretty fast. And I had Ira on the uh, Shocks Open Run Pros so I could hear everything around me, but I could also hear the Ira agent. And she had found a map and found a hallway that would cut off probably 15, 20 minutes of my walk, a, a good substantial amount, because I would have had to walk to the end of that terminal and then jump on something. I don't know if it was a bus or a tram or, or a moving sidewalk uh, to move to the other terminal. And she said, well, there, there looks like there's a hallway. And we went down one way and she's like, I don't, I don't see it. So we turned around, went another way. And I at first was thinking people probably think I'm weird. And then I realized, no, I just look like a regular person walking around trying to find a place. Mm -hmm. Freaking airport. And then she finally saw it. It was like a little hallway. And she's like, turn to your left right there. And so I turned to my left. And then we went down that hallway. And then it was like a super long, windy hallway. But she was guiding me through. And then we get back to the other terminal. And then she said, uh, you know, pretty much had me pan around to find the gate uh, that I was looking for. And then she guided me to a seat and uh, then I let her go. The whole process, I think I used 26 minutes uh, of IRA time. And in my opinion, that was worth it because that's about what I would have waited for a meet and assist in order to just come get me. And I don't know how to explain how freeing slash relieving it was to be able to just just navigate an airport all by myself without having to worry about someone pushing me in a wheelchair or someone walking with me. I'm not saying I'm not going to use that service in the future, but the fact that I had that ability was, was pretty cool. And it didn't use any of my minutes because Las Vegas was an IRA access point. Nice. I was going to ask about that. Was that one of the options, which is one of the benefits of having those IRA access uh, locations is that, you know, it didn't take away from your minutes. Now me and you, I think still probably have, quite a bit of yes minutes although although i have less minutes because i used ira a lot in schonberg at the hotel like more than i probably should have honestly because it was so much more convenient to whip it out and say hey Hey, i'm here yeah can you guide me to this room and they're like yeah go this way and then this way and then hit the escalators and then go down here and take a right and there you are 
Yeah, I think the reason I didn't use it, and I use it quite a bit at the hotel. Like, I mean, that you know, Ira helped me figure out the um, thermostat in the room. Yep, yep. It's always the thermostat. It's uh, always the first thing people use it for a hotel. They helped me figure out the uh, the soda machine because there was a soda machine, which I ah. never would have figured out because there were four rows. Like, so this is one of those very simple machines. It was twenty ounce sodas. Uh, I think there were twenty ounce. Might have been the liter bottle. Uh, but at any rate, um, yeah, I think it was actually the liter bottle sodas. Mm-hmm. But there were eight buttons on the front of the machine, little round button, right? You've seen these kind of machines. Yep. You had to swipe a card because it didn't take cash or anything like that. Um, I think the cash thing must have been broken. Uh, but I never would have thought that that whole top row of the first four buttons were all Coke. Oh. Right. So without Ira, I would have been sitting here like, oh, okay, well, that's Coke. So next time I will skip the second one because that's probably Diet Coke is the way my brain would interpret yeah. this. Right. So this next one is going to either be a Dr. Pepper or Sprite. You know, there's different ways I could have screwed that up. Uh, but Ira's like, oh, no, there's four Cokes. And then on the next row is Diet Coke, Sprite, uh, Fanta, and Dasani water. And I was like, oh, yeah, see, I never would have got me a Sprite right. out of this machine. Not ever. Like, I <laughs> never would have got a Sprite because I would have given up. Yeah. Uh, I used it a few times for like, you know, getting to somewhere in the hotel when my hands were free. I honestly very quickly kind of realized why the slinger and is, I promise to people listening, we're not trying to turn this into an AT guys ad, but I quickly re- realized why that slinger is such a cool thing. Uh, even though I don't have one on my phone yet because I need to get me one. But um, the number one thing for me was like, man, there's plenty of times where I have a cane in one hand and something else in the other hand. Mm. Therefore, I can't hold my phone. So I didn't yep. use Ira. Yep. I can kind of see the use of lanyards in general in that case. And the slinger just gives you the more flexibility. I prefer the slinger slim. I told people that all day long at AT guys, uh, for ACB that I prefer the slinger slim because it just slips into your pocket and it doesn't double the thickness, but I also see the value in the wallet one too. So, yeah, yeah I can see the value in both of them. I think for me, the Slinger Slim would be the one I would go with because I'm not really going to use the the wallet no. features of the one with the wallet case on it. So, yeah, I'm probably more of a slim person. And day one after actually, because remember now, before I got where well, I think you remember this, but for people listening, I had not actually touched the Slinger at all until I got to Houston and we were. Uh, taking some out for demo. Mm-hmm. And so looking at them, the first thing I thought about was like, oh, this is cool. I would buy a probably because I don't need this on my phone all the time. And I don't want to get caught out to where I stuck it to the phone, unstuck it, stuck it to the phone, unstuck it, and now the sticky doesn't stick. I would just get a case and stick it to the back of that case <laughs> and put that case on when I need to use it. That's what I told so many people to do. I'm like, oh, just go get oh, a Oh, that turned case. into the recommendation for the AT yep. guys table. Like, yep. I, I was like, oh, just get a cheap phone case and stick it to the back of that case. That way, when you don't need it, it's not on your phone in the way. Or if you're like me, too, and you sometimes use, you know, MagSafe accessories, like you're not cutting yourself off from that. But when you need the slinger, throw the case on your phone. Bam. And that turned into the thing that that everybody, JJ from JJ to our uh, helpers that we had at the table, started recommending to people and are like, well, how would I deal with, oh, just get a cheap case, put it on the back of it, you know, go to Amazon, buy and a $6 then just case. use that. And just make that your slinger case. Yeah, so that is one of the the recommendations I also made quite a bit. Man, those folding keyboards, those folding <laughs> keyboards, people love them. Man, so I thought I ended up sending too many initially. When you look at this stack of key, when I looked uh-huh. at the stack of keyboards, I was like, geez, I probably sent too many of these. I said the same thing about the power bank. So I was like, oh, I probably sent, you know, maybe a few too many of these. Yeah. We shipped back to the warehouse from Houston like seven, six or seven. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was the, the number one selling product at ACB too. Because once one person got it, and then they went and showed their friends. Their friends would send their husbands to go get them one. <laughs> I think that happened like six or seven times. Literally, it was it was like, oh, nice to meet you. I've worked with your wife on a couple of different projects. She's like, yeah, I'm here to buy a keyboard from you. I'm like, oh, okay, here you go. So that happened quite a bit. Yeah, that happened to us quite a bit, too, uh, as well as the power banks, too. Like, as soon as somebody walked away with that power bank, like, people just started showing up. I want the power bank, the one that's $69. And I was like, yeah, yeah, gotcha. We sent back eight 
Mike. <laughs> Actually, no, I'll take that back. We probably sent back more like mm, four or five because JJ did take like a, 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 you know, three or four of them uh, in case there was somebody that didn't get a chance to get back right. to the table to buy one. He was like, I've, I've done like this happens. Like somebody's going to come up to me like, man, I really wanted to get one of those. So he's like, I'll just grab three or four of them just to take. Just and we and I saw one person that actually did that. Somebody that was one of our uh, assistants for the first couple of days. I was like, Oh, did you guys box up stuff? Oh, I meant to get the power bank. He's just like, I took one out for you. Here you go. <laughs> Fun times. But I use TripIt regularly, and then I canceled my TripIt Premium subscription. Um. Mainly because I don't think I'm going to be traveling again until next year. Although hopefully that changes. I told people quite regularly, if you want to pay for me to travel, I will deal with the stress of TSA as long as you don't have a problem with me earning the airline miles or hotel points uh, and you pay for my travel. But aside from that, TripIt was helpful and it definitely let me know when things were delayed and when things got moved. But right now, I don't think it's worth the $50 a year that uh, they want. I mean, it's worth it. It's not. It's just not worth it, right? It doesn't make sense to pay for it right now. Yes. Is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. kind of what I came down to. So I left here with a, and I still have that because I didn't get my refund. So I got a year of. Flighty. Flighty, uh, which I have now canceled. Like I've, I've made sure that was already canceled. So it will not renew on me next year. So since I had that already paid for and I was able to also do a trial of TripIt Pro, I said, well, I'll just keep both of them running with notifications on and see which one is more useful. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, for me as a traveler, and I think this would probably be the case for a lot of people that are travelers, unless you are just a flight nerd, like you really care about a whole lot of statistics that have no bearing on your trip. It's Mm -hmm. just informational. Or you do a ton of flying uh, and nothing else. Like that's primarily your, your your way of getting around is flying. I think TripIt makes more sense. They're roughly about the same cost for a year. Uh, TripIt, I think, is 49 bucks and um, uh, Flighty is 48 bucks for a year. So for me, TripIt was, and there are a few times that TripIt actually pushed notifications to me before I got them from Flighty. Uh, uh. Like, you know, there there would be maybe, you know, I'll say a delta of maybe five to 15 minutes in some cases where I would get a notification from TripIt that this flight had been delayed or they have updated the departure time for your flight, uh, et cetera. Uh, and then I would get the notification from TripIt. I mean, from uh, from Flighty. But even if it were the other way around where Fl- TripIt was after, you know, behind Flighty, I still found TripIt to be more helpful to me because I was getting the same types of notifications about my flight uh, when I was leaving. I didn't have any of that on on when I was coming back, except uh, yeah, your boarding is going to start in five minutes. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Just, just, just shut up. <laughs> uh, I'm still over here in TSA trying to figure out why they, why they keep going through my bag. Like, there's nothing in there, man. I promise you. Right. But for me, the reason I would choose TripIt over Flighty if I were going to pay for one of these and, and make that a, a an expense to, to continue to pay for is TripIt also allows you to send in that information about say hotel reservation. Yep. Uh, or if I were taking a bus somewhere, like say if I took a mega bus or a train or something like that on a short, shorter trip, um, you know, that information could also go into TripIt. Now, TripIt probably wouldn't update me if the Megabus is going to be late, but I still have all of that information. Being able to open up one app and yeah. basically see, you know, my my travel stuff, my my reservations for hotels, uh, if I booked a restaurant or, or a concert or anything like that when traveling, all of that being in that one place, it was immensely helpful. Like I had no problems or no concerns when I was getting to the hotel because you know it's like 11 45 i don't didn't know where jj was at the point and hadn't called him yet because i'm you know trying to get in here and, and somebody texted 45. me like, uh somebody texted me and was like uh yeah you should you should uh make sure that they're not gonna like drop your room or something because you didn't book i was like i think i'm okay but now you've added a whole nother concern uh-huh. that i hadn't thought about yep uh I'm like well jj had to book in so he's already in so they probably went ahead and you know covered both rooms so we're good but now you've added an extra bit of stress to my life i wasn't thinking about 
But being able to walk in and I know I had the reservation number before JJ texted me like, hey, here's your room number and um, just go to the desk and they'll give you a key. And I was like, all right, good deal. Right. Uh, so for me, TripIt, I think makes a lot more sense. Flighty was not terrible, but it is really just flight information. Like it's not going to give me anything else. And for that price, it makes more sense if I were going to pay for one and continue to pay for it, uh, to pay for TripIt, I think. I use free flighty when we were waiting for Nicholas's flight to come in uh, because flighty gave me that just that the flight information. I, I didn't have those details in trip it and I probably could have added them to trip it, but flighty was kind of convenient to just whip it open, punch in his flight number. No, Oh, this flight's been canceled. Well, I guess we need to get a hold of Alaska airlines to figure out what's going on. So, and that's the other thing. And that's one of the reasons that I ended up accidentally paying for a year of, of, of flighty is I wasn't clear on what I could and couldn't do with the free flighty free flighty. What you get with free flighty would be enough for me if I were, you know, just trying to track a flight or, mm-hmm. you know, track somebody else's flight. Like I can actually do all of that stuff within flighty uh, without having to pay for it. So the other information that you get for people listening, uh, if you're interested in flighty, like having the pro subscription does get you faster alerts i think are more types of alerts but some of them are just unnecessary for me like mm-hmm. i don't need to know the tail number of my flight that's not beneficial to me at all um i don't need to know you know how many miles this plane has flown or that the captain has now submitted the uh flight plan or it, like any any of that stuff is just ancillary info that's that's not useful to me at all as a traveler now again if you really like all the possible information you can get about a flight yeah, give it a try. There's a free trial of it before you have to pay. And they do have a couple of days or a week's worth of, of or a month's worth of flighty as well. Um, so you don't have to pay, you know, a whole 47 bucks if you're going to travel once and you really need that data. But for me, yeah, I think free flighty gets me there. And if I were going to pay, it would be trip it because that lets me dump a whole bunch of other stuff in there as well. Um, I did not get to try out. I looked at it briefly while sitting in the Birmingham airport waiting on my flight to go to Houston. Uh, but I did not get the opportunity to kind of use the trip it pro feature that would uh, give you directions, you know, from your gate or to your gate or, or whatever. It looks pretty basic. It basically looks like I would be better off doing what you did, which is bringing up Ira, uh, because they're going to give me a map with some directions, but without knowing where I should turn. And I don't think that was a feature of trip it. Uh, with that it's not giving you like turn by turn map directions or google maps directions or apple maps types of directions it's like oh you're gonna go from you know you're at gate 22 and you want to go to the restaurant so exit here turn right and then you're gonna go here and turn like it's just giving you the steps uh so that wasn't really going to be a feature that was helpful but having those alerts was useful and honestly like outside of the alerts which i probably still get with free flighty uh not traveling a lot the rest of what i would get out of trip it honestly i think is just there for free like being able to send in your your reservation information for hotels and all of that is a part of the free trip it uh trip it pro also allows you to connect to some not all but some points account so you can keep track of your points but again i don't necessarily need that as a feature yeah so that's our decision on the travel apps you know what i think is funny i did not once download the southwest app (laughs) i just used trip it and then got a paper boarding pass so i downloaded it and then ended up not using it so i downloaded it and sent my boarding pass into the wallet app Right. And then and still ended up with a paper boarding pass because that's just how that went when I was leaving to go to Houston. And on the way back, I was like, I'm not screwing around with this phone at all. Like, I yeah. just, just please get, Gotta get to on the, the plane gate. Uh, because if I would have missed that flight, one, the next flight out of Houston for me would have been a little bit more expensive. And also mm-hmm. it would have put me in Birmingham at like 1030, which meant I had no transportation uh, other than an Uber, which would have been ridiculously expensive. Oh, that's the other thing that I did discover, too. So. I did a trial of Lyft Pink and also did a trial of Uber One uh, while I was gone. 
Uber One ended up being more overall valuable to me because I used Uber Eats for the times that I did eat out. I think I used DoorDash once. Uh, wait, is it DoorDash? Uh, yeah, DoorDash. Yeah, DoorDash. Is the, yeah. DoorDash's app is Horrid. horrendous. Yes, yes. I used it twice while I was gone, and I didn't think about Uber Eats to get it uh, to get something, but I used it to order some tape because I told you. Pack some tape because JJ's going to forget it. And then guess what? I forgot. You forgot the tape. I also yep. forgot tape. Uh, okay. but JJ did have a roll of tape. So ah, we're, nice. we're okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. He did not forget the tape. Um, but yeah, Uber eats was, was uh, Uber one was just more valuable because I did eat out a few times there and used Uber eats. Uh, and there's also a couple of times where I put in like a, a group order from the same restaurant and people just cash out my money back to me or whatever. So, uh, uh-huh. Uh, it does save you a little bit of money. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily, and for ten bucks, it, it, like I saved way more than ten dollars, basically. Uh, uh, if I would have had to pay for Uber Eats at that point in time, I mean Uber One uh, at that point in time. However, traveling, I used Lyft because Lyft was cheaper. I, I, I did a quick check, and somebody said this in the airport. I kind of overheard somebody say it, but also verified for myself from the uh, Houston Hobby Airport, which is where I came into to the um, Hilton Americas, uh, which is where the convention was, was uh, about five-ish dollars cheaper for Lyft than it was for Uber. If you throw on the additional discounts for Uber, I mean, for Lyft Pink, I was able to get the priority pickup, which means I wasn't standing around for like, oh, we'll have you a car in 20. It went from, we'll have you a car to 30 to 35 minutes to your driver will be arriving in the next 10 minutes. Uh, and I did not have to pay any, I, think I paid like $2 extra, uh, cause there was some, some more discounts there. Yeah. So, um, I think JJ is the one who mentioned, look, cause I didn't know Lyft Pink was even a thing. So JJ is the one who mentioned that on one of our, you know, during one of our conversations, uh, weekly meetings or something. And I was like, oh, I'll do a free trial of it since I have a trial. I won't pay for it here in Tuscaloosa because it does not save me enough money. And man, my God. So it costed me basically twenty six dollars and some change both both ways to leave the airport to go to the hotel and to leave the hotel to go back to the airport. That's that's okay. what I paid both ways was twenty six dollars and some change uh, with the priority pickup. That priority pickup really saved my life when I had to get to that airport to come back because <laughs> it went from oh your car will pick you up around one twenty five to oh this guy will be here at twelve fifty five like all right let's get it. <laughs> nice nice um Uber and Lyft in Tuscaloosa. I knew they were expensive, but looking at what it costed me to get from the airport to the hotel in Houston versus what it would cost me to get from my house to the mailbox place that I use, which literally is like four or five miles away from me, is roughly about the same amount of money, which makes no sense. Wow. Now, I wonder if it would be cheaper with a local cab. And is there regulations in Tuscaloosa that require you or that require Uber and Lyft to charge more in that area? That could be a thing. And that is something I'm going to investigate uh, because I'm going to need to find some alternative transportation methods just to make sure I got something in my back pocket and shelling out 10 bucks or 20 bucks one way. Uh, for a couple of miles where Uber or Lyft is just not not tenable. I mean, if I have to do it because of an emergency, sure, but it's not a thing I want to make a routine out of. Uh, What's your experience with paratransit there? We do have paratransit here. I need to finish getting my paperwork filled out, actually. However, their rules are a little weird. You got to do the whole 24 hours ahead of time thing, so yeah. you know, no no last-minute stuff. Right. And they have weird cutoff times and ah. so forth so forth but yeah that that is something i'm going to also sign up for to have that as an available option yeah i need to look into paratransit here because uh there for a while it wasn't offered in my town but they had bus service and i heard that's actually kind of illegal um i thought if you had bus service you had to offer paratransit uh i don't know the details so don't come hounding me actually do send us an email somewhere tw at your own uh to let us know your thoughts on that but i did recently actually while i was gone here that it's now again available in my local two town. So I want to check that. out. So you bought something Demasi. Oh man. So, and there are no problems with it at all. I love it. It is one of the best purchases I've made. So I was talking to you earlier today about the, uh, dream router having been on sale for one ninety nine at, uh, on Amazon during prime day or so I heard, cause I didn't actually see this. 
They're also back in stock, or at least they were last week, back in stock at UI at store.ui.com. Uh, okay. So I actually bought one last week from directly from uh, Ubiquity. Uh, ah, it okay. got here yesterday. I set up the router last night, and then Mike probably remembers that I also had a access point that I bought several months ago. Yep. Uh, during early access, it is the U6 Plus is the one that I have. Um, and so I got that set up uh, earlier today. That was actually what I was trying to figure out how to do when I was like, so have you guys bought an access point for your thing yet? And you're like, nope. <laughs> I thought that was a weird question. I thought he was going to say, well, I'm going to send you this U6 Plus then. Nope, that's not what he was saying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we almost got there, man. We, we I know. <laughs> really almost got there, but I just happened to check last week. Also, by the way, the notification service that I signed up for to notify me when this was back in stock, yeah, it didn't work. Uh, I just happened to go to UI and like, oh, let me see if they got them. Oh, look, they're there. Okay, for the the one ninety nine or yep, did for you the one ninety nine at UI. Yeah, so that okay. and that's standard MSO. So for anybody looking for one of these, uh, we're talking about the Ubiquity Unified Dream Router. Um, the standard sale price for the MSRP from Ubiquity has always been one ninety nine. I think it was cheaper when they had it in early access, but you have to be a part of early access to get that. But since it's been publicly available uh, from uh, Ubiquity. It has always been $199. Now, for the past few months, Never it has been stock. out of stock at Ubiquity. It has been price gouging like hell on Amazon and eBay yeah. uh, to, to the tune of nearly $100 more than MSRP, uh, which is the reason I didn't have one yet because I just refused to pay that much more. Like somebody would have had one for 209 on Amazon. Maybe. Yeah, but, I probably would have did it. Yeah, Not 299 but not not two ninety nine, not two fifty seven, not two eighty three. Like no, so, I wasn't doing that. So what did you think of the setup process? It was nice. It, it was nice. Uh, I used the app. Um, and, the Unify app. Yep, the Unify app. Uh, I did have to find the right app. I initially downloaded <laughs> the long app, or downloaded the wrong app. Uh, but I got the right app and got it set up, and it was really simple, like super right? simple. Yeah. I'm having an issue with Ubiquity, um, and it could actually be a game issue. And Doug said, go to the forums. And I said, I'll do that when I got time. And he's like, you should make the kids do the dishes. Oh, uh, missed part of that conversation. (laughs) 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 They're having some issues with trying to play some games because of what appears to be double NAT issues. And so I need to do a little bit more research because it's not letting him play. But aside from that, the app is actually amazing. Um, I have a couple of different networks now. I said I wasn't going to do it, but now I have an IDK, which is, you know, I don't know, for our main network. And then our guest numbers, I don't know why. So IDK, why, like W-H-Y, question mark. And then our gaming network is IDK Gaming. So that way they're on their own gaming network. And right now that's what I have. And then we have the Ubiquity Dream Router uh, running with mm, 125 feet of cable, probably Ethernet cable upstairs to an unmanaged switch, which then runs some more Ethernet cable into one of the bedrooms because the other bedroom doesn't have an actual Ethernet cable on their computer and they didn't want to be hardwired for uh, PS4 access. I will at some point upgrade that unmanaged switch to a managed switch, um, but that's our current setup. Oh, and I have um, one VOIP phone literally not connected to anything except for the Dream Router. Like, I don't even know why I have it there, mainly because I wanted to use the POE, and that is cool. So uh, (laughs) I have that plugged into the POE, so power over Ethernet port on the uh, Unify or Ubiquity Dream Router. At some point, I will get a access point and throw it up there on that switch. Oh, the Raspberry Pi is plugged directly into the switch upstairs. I'm not doing anything with it. At some point, I will, but that's plugged directly into the switch. I have Raspberry Pi and then Andrew's computer and then the cable that comes from downstairs. Really should have just drilled a hole in the floor, honestly. Would have saved a lot of cable, but it's done. It is done. It is done. Yeah, but I, I, I like the setup process was super easy. I, I I was trying to wait because it did arrive yesterday, and I was like, oh, I'll take the network down. The kids not gonna have internet. Yada yada. Till I fix this up, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it because when I talk, 
when me and Mike record tomorrow, I would like to already have it set up and not be like, oh, yeah, it's over here in the box. Uh, <laughs> I like Stephen Scott. Like, oh, yeah, I have it, but it's in the box. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the app is the app is really nice. Like, it, it is. It is. One, it appears I can do, I'm going to say like 85 to 90% of what you can do with this device can be done from within the app, yep. uh, which is amazing to me. And the access point built into the router, actually, so my theory did work, Mike. So the access point does give me good coverage across the back of the house with the, uh, with, with, with the router itself, with the dream router uh, being mm-hmm. in the back. And then I put the access point up front, and it's actually in the kitchen where I had where I previously had the Eero uh, sitting because there was a free plug there, and there was not a free outlet in the living room for the PoE injector uh, for the uh, access point. And that works fine. I ran into one problem when I asked you earlier today, had you guys bought an access point yet? I was not able to add the access point. Where I discovered the trick was I needed to update the network application on the dream router Uh before it would even see it because we could adopt it yet before I could adopt it. So once I finished updating, I just randomly did the update like, Oh, well there's an update. Let me go to do this update for the networking application. And then about 15, well, so about five minutes after it rebooted from doing this update, it's like, I see a U six plus here. Would you like to adopt it? I was like, like, finally, well, geez, man, I could have did this like three (laughs) hours ago. If I would have known, that was all it took. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So, have you spent any time in the web interface? I have not. Okay, it's not the best on the Mac. Uh, you get your lovely tables. It treats tables like the Mac treats Zendesk tables. So, look forward to that. Uh, better experience in Windows. Just so you know, still not the greatest experience. Um, but one thing I will say is, I have spent time in there to do updates, and I have mindset not to automatically update. Same. Yeah, because I know that I'll need to do updates, and every once in a while I need to do updates, but I don't want you to automatically update and then break something that I'm not able to access on my network. Right. And that's the reason I don't have auto-updates turned on. Uh, I mean, I get a notification if there's an update available, so, you know, that's helpful. I just go into the app and do the updates, and, you know, it's working very well. I am more satisfied with it than I thought I would be. And it's not that I didn't think I would like it, but it's just like it did this just like it's like, man, look, basically, I've already taken the arrows apart and got them in a box. And I just need to go do some quick research to see what they're going for so I can try to sell them like they're out of here. There's there's no. Yep. Yep. Eero, no hesitation. Eero feels so antiquated to me now. Like it's just I, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with the investment into ubiquity. It's not for everyone, though. Like I understand the the person that Eero would be good for and, you know, someone who just needs to get something up and running. I want to tinker a little bit and I like the ability to separate things like uh, yep. multiple networks is nice for me. Yep. Now that's, I haven't gotten there yet, but that, that is going to be a next step for me is setting up uh, a guest network first. And, and then, an EOT then, uh, then or setting. IOT, whatever. Yep. Yeah. IOT, yep. 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 Of things. Yep. Gonna going to work on getting that set up also. Um, but yeah, I like that, that flexibility. I like the fact that basic router things are available as basic router things here, whereas mm-hmm. a lot of that was not available on Eero. And again, I go back to the days of when you would have to, if you wanted anything beyond just, you know, plug it in and take what you get, you had to go into your router interface and start tweaking things. And, you know, I, I, I miss that. So this works out great. The firewall stuff is excellent. I have one thing I need to do, which I already have figured out how to do it. I just got to go make the changes on the uh, Plex server Mm. software side. And that's right now you can't access the uh, Plex server from outside the network since I made the switch. And that's only because I haven't set up the firewall rules or the the port forwarding for that yet. Uh, And that process is accessible. I'll tell you that to set up port forwarding. Yep. I've already looked at it. I I just realized like, oh, I need to go set a... uh, static ip address for the mac mini that is running it so it's not trying to hop all over the place if i ever restarted it probably would continue to get the same ip address but i like the static ip so i can tell it exactly where to route traffic on this port 
Yeah. Uh, and for informational purposes, for anybody else setting up a Plex server, and think about this with any other, you know, software that you're setting up like that that you want accessible outside of your home. Plex has a standard port, which is 32,400. That is the port used internally for Plex, but externally, that is not the port people use to get to my Plex server. So you cannot uh-huh. scan the internet looking for port 32,400 32, open and find my Plex server because I'm using an entirely different port. That port forwards into you know the Plex server, but it's not using that standard port, which is what they do by default. If that sounds overly complicated or over your head, hey, Plex will set it up for you just fine and you'll probably be okay because it's still just pointing to that one machine. Right. right. But I couldn't in good, good conscience just, you know, <laughs> leave it out there like that. So uh, that's that's also why it's not set up yet uh, because I do have a couple of changes to make in software to make sure. But yeah, I, I am loving it, man. It is nice. Adopting this access point was like stupidly easy once I updated the networking application. And it it it, it works quite well. Uh right now, the only thing I have not been able to figure out is how to there's a little so with the access point that I bought, um, it it's possible to mount it on the wall or on the ceiling and they send you, you know, in the box there's a plate that you screw in to where you want to mount it and then you attach the access point right. to that little plate. I have no idea how to get that freaking plate to go onto this thing. So mm. right now it is currently sitting in a basket on top of the refrigerator, uh, pointing gotcha. into the house. So uh, where I'm going to eventually try to put it is up on the wall behind the refrigerator facing the same direction it is. There you go. And and how's the coverage? Are you are you seeing any points you can't access in the house? Or nope, does it seem good. to be pretty co- good coverage? And is that the same as what you were getting from Eero, or do you feel it's it's better covered with Eero? I'm I, sorry, with Ubiquity. So I actually think it's a little bit better coverage because with Eero, I had a, I had three Eeros spread out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going from back to front through the house. Um, and when I put the Dream Router in and got it set up, and and uh, tip for anybody switching networking gear, uh, Michael did not do this, so he made his life more complicated than it had to be. Use the same network name for your uh, Wi-Fi and password. Then you don't have to reconnect stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but so, you're going to have to reconnect stuff when you start breaking out your networks. Yeah, but that'll be more intentional. I didn't have to worry about that as a part of the setup, though. Right, uh, right. You can move the Apple TV over to the IoT network or the media network at yeah. your leisure versus having to fight with things just to, to get run around just to, yeah just to get yep. everything back on like oh man i gotta set up the kids ipads again and connect yep. them and do yeah nope everything just reconnected uh which was nice when i got the router hooked up and, and uh finished configuring that and it was up and running i discovered first off i had pretty decent coverage from the back of the house up to roughly into the kitchen so we have the google home uh or the google nest or whatever it's called is in the mm-hmm. kitchen uh that was actually able to grab onto the wi-fi on the router from back here yesterday ah. um i discovered the only well the first spot and the only spot that i really explored and i was like oh well definitely got to get that a- ap put up was when i went outside on the patio i didn't have wi-fi or on the carport i didn't have wi-fi it's like oh okay well Let's put the AP in the kitchen, kind of where the third arrow was sitting, which in this case is going to be up over the refrigerator. Uh, and I have it actually pointing back into the house. Uh, so like the, 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 the antenna of it is facing back towards the inside of the house as opposed to pointing outside. Uh, and I still have, like, I mean, I get my same three bars that I was used to seeing uh, out on the carport now with Wi-Fi and coverage seems pretty good. Everything is working. All of the stuff in the front of the house uh, did switch over to the access point once it was there. But for most stuff in the house, it was actually covered just by the router. Uh, It's the reason I didn't even try putting the router, putting the access point up last night. I was like, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I got the router going, though. So when I talk to Mike, I'll be talking to Mike over the dream router. I'm like, yeah, man, this thing is amazing. I love it. Did you hardwire the access point? Uh, Nope. With Ethernet? Nope. It is currently meshed. Uh, Okay. So in the box with this, and you can buy these, I think it kind of depends on which access point you buy. Uh, The one I bought had a Poe injector in the box with it. So I just plugged Mm -hmm. that into the wall where the uh, ear used to be plugged up at and ran an Ethernet cable from it to the 
access point, which gave it power. And then it's just meshing uh, with the uh, Dream Router. Gotcha. Because I did not have enough Ethernet cable to run. Because this was sort of unexpected. Like, I didn't expect that to be in stock when I went to go look. And I was like, oh, well, actually it is. Well, let me get it right now. (laughs) Well, hadn't bought that crazy amount of Ethernet cable I was going to buy. So I did not run it direct from the router to the access point. I probably will at some point maybe do that. But one nice thing about this, too, and I told I was telling Tia this. I was like. I wish I would have had this router set up when I was still a Comcast customer and I was fighting with them about the fact that I'm pretty certain I have not used over a terabyte of data this month mm. because mm. I can see, first off, I, I, I like the fact that I can see the uh, network strength and the quality of my Wi-Fi, which they both say as excellent. So it shows me excellent, you know, uh, Wi-Fi speeds and connectivity and stuff for the router as well as the access point, which is nice. Uh, I am getting roughly what I should, what I expect to see internet speed wise. Um, I mean, the, the fastest download I've seen was like 746 or something. Uh, but I expect that because I, it, it maxes out at 700 down or something like that right. with the router. So you can't go any faster than what the hardware would support. Uh, crazily enough though, the upload that I saw was like 914. And I was like, well, that that's, weird but okay <laughs> but more than enough to do what i need to do uh, I'm, I'm not you know suffering with the speeds but the other thing that i really like is that it is showing me like the level of to a level of like not only which devices are using data but what applications are being used uh so last time i looked uh earlier today disney plus from the time i plugged the router up and actually got it up and running disney plus was the highest data user is using like 40% of the overall data that had been used since the router got hooked up or whatever. And I could see that, you know, they've downloaded X amount of gigabytes and uploads and here's the devices that were using this and so on and so forth. So a lot of the data that is there is super one is success. It's in a form that's accessible for you to kind of look at it, which I like because uh, it's not always yeah. the case with routers that show such information. And the fact that it is very easy to get there and look at it. Uh, and it shows the quality of your network connections and things like that as well. So it is a really nice system. I think if I were buying a direct, like just a straight up mesh system similar to Eero now, if I were recommending that to somebody, I, I, I wouldn't make the recommendation offhandedly. Uh, but if it were someone that was okay with trying something out or if I were buying it for someone else, I think I would probably just based off my experience with the uh, Unify gear, I think I would go for their Amplify, which is their kind of direct competitor to Aero uh, mesh systems because it's, it's just a mesh that you know you basically plug it in, turn it on, open up the app, set it up, and you're done. And it's more like Aero, uh, right. their Amplify lineup. But based off my experience with the Unify stuff, I think that's actually where I would lean, especially since I've actually had experience with Eero and I know some of the annoyances slash frustrations that you run into with Eero. That's good. I am pretty happy with our setup. And uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go to anything else, at least not for the foreseeable future. I will add more to this network. And that's the nice thing about Unify uh, is yep. you can add what you need when you need it. Yep, and that's the other thing that is 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 nice for me. Like I'm I'm good. Like I'm probably I, I can for sure say there's not any time soon I can see myself switching network gear. No. Like adding things to it for sure. Uh, you know, maybe upgrading something at some point for sure. But switching away from the unified, nah, I think I like this. I I really like it. Uh it's super and it's very intuitive. Like it's not overly complicated. Uh, maybe it helps that we spent a thousand hours watching uh, <laughs> what's his name. Yeah. Cross, Cross talk, talk solutions. solutions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't hurt. That does yeah. not hurt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Also turned the lights off on the uh, router. Cause apparently it was super bright. Uh, oh, I should do that. I, I, actually, I might've already done that. I don't know. No one's complained about it, but our routers also, Somewhere where no one really pays attention to it, which is nice. 
Yeah, but I'm super happy with it. And it also let me get rid of another piece of gear that I was having to use because of the Aero system, which was a switch. Mm. Um, yeah. Or a hub, or Ethernet Br- hub. Bring the switch back. Oh, it's a hub? Yeah, it's just an Ethernet hub. Uh, but I have four Ethernet ports. And for the devices I need to plug in, let's see, there's the Mac Mini, there's the MacBook Air. But the Mac wasn't PoE. And then there's the printer. Uh, which I have not connected yet. So that's it. And that still leaves me an extra, you know, an additional Ethernet port. Open. cool thing about that is once you get your multiple networks set up, you can actually set each of those Ethernet ports on other networks too. So you can put the printer on your Internet of Things. Oh, yep. Network. See, that's actually going to be the impetus for, or that's because I don't have any ink, so it doesn't matter that it's not currently hooked mm-hmm. up at the moment because there's no freaking ink. Yeah. Uh, but yep, that, that is going to be what happens. I'm going to set that up on its own um, separate network and then start adding things to that IoT network and just kind of keep that stuff walled off because, you know, printers, who knows what they're trying to do in the background. Yes, sir. And it would be cool if the Mac was powered over Ethernet. Uh, that kind of tripped to you out when I, I was like, so I can just plug, uh, she's like, I was like, I need another ethernet cable so i had to go get a box from outside that i had a bunch of cables in she was like mm-hmm. i was like oh no so see look i plugged this into the wall and i plugged this ethernet cable into this port i used be my eyes to to uh figure out where the ports were uh-huh. or which ports were which ones on the router as well as the poe injector um which was cool uh, it 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 worked the first time. It kind of gave me upside down information. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I got it figured out. So you know, did that whole setup without any assistance at all, uh, other than you know, be my be what what is it be be, be my, my AI. AI yeah yeah. I still like VV. Not sure I'm in love with the new design they've done, but hey. Yeah. You gonna do? Yeah. Well, you know. Feedback on Thursdays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't really have anything else, and we're at 64 minutes, so 60 minutes after the cat fell on your head. (laughs) Do you have anything else you want to go over? Uh, I think that might be it, man. Nice getting back in. If you didn't listen to the episode that published while we were at convention, yes, we know we missed last Monday, uh, but Demasi had to go and get himself sick. But the Monday before that, and that that reemphasized to us that we need to explore uh, having an episode in the can. But the episode before that was pretty interesting with Stephen, Sean, Marty, Damasi, and myself, and we just sat down and and had a good chat. Uh, well worth listening if you haven't yet, Damasi. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because uh, sometimes it's nice to go listen to the stuff that we created. Uh, also, check out Double Tap from the week of convention. You'll hear a couple of entries from Demasi and then a few entries from me uh, related to some of the people that we connected with at convention. Um, and we appreciate the support of our number one supporter, Hey.com. And uh, no, Hey.com isn't sponsoring us. <laughs> so thanks for uh, your support and your continued support. Saw that you continued to support us yet again. So oh, that was we pretty are cool. open to Hey.com if you want to throw some advertising money this way. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Need some advertising money coming up soon because I want to travel more. That was fun. Oh, interesting thing, though, quick, real quick, because I forgot. Speaking of supporters and people who listen to us, uh, Big shout out to Miss Denise. I'm sorry, I forgot your last name. Uh, but she heard me talking to someone outside of a um, room where they were about to do some music playing and stuff uh, one night at convention, and she recognized my voice from listening to the podcast. Ah, okay. And I thought that was that is the first time that has ever happened to me where somebody recognized my voice from the <laughs> show and was like, you don't know me, but I know you because I listen to your show. Like, yeah, really? well, thank you, Denise. Appreciate it. And maybe your email address is hey.com. Nah, no winner. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but, but yeah, appreciate that. That happened to me twice at ACB, I think. Two or three times. But more people heard me on unmute than on uh, technically working. 
Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a humbling feeling for sure. It is. I feel like a super rock star, man. And then the lady who I was talking to was like, oh, you do a podcast too? Oh, what is your uh-huh. podcast? I'm going to go listen because I like podcasts too. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, all right, we'll see. Look at it there. just opens up a conversation it does. around you. It, it absolutely does. Uh, but yeah, I, I, Ms. Denise made me feel like a, a an amazing rock star. I subsequently found out, um, I think she actually stepped down this year, but she was on the national board. Ah. Uh, for NFB also. So I was like, whoa, uh, that's, uh, I know we have a lot of people out there to do a lot of different things that listen to our show, but the fact that somebody recognized me, I probably should have, I, it was one of those weird situations where like, I probably should have recognized her name because yeah. she was on the national board. I did not. Right. Uh, but she recognized my voice from doing a podcast every week, which was amazing. So, uh, Thanks, Miss so, Denise, for listening. Thanks, everybody else who listens as well. We appreciate you. And tell a friend, because that's how we grow, is if you enjoy the content, telling us you enjoy it is well appreciated, but telling a friend you enjoy it is even more appreciated, because then that gets more people listening. Absolutely. And I would shout out to the lady who said she was going to listen. Uh, also, but he doesn't but remember your name. I don't remember your send name. Send us an email. But uh, yeah, definitely send us an email or reach out to us on Mastodon. I do remember your boyfriend has a band. Uh, and so uh, and I think you guys are from like Kansas City or something. Uh, but yeah, appreciate everybody who listens. We're on Mastodon. I almost said it and I Glad I didn't slip up and say it because Mike would have left it in the show if I would have said it. Uh, but we are on Mastodon. Um, he's at Payon at Unmute dot Community. Yep. And I'm Damasi D A M A S H E at Unmute dot Community. Or just search Unmute and you'll find something because we're the only we're two of three accounts on that two server. Or three accounts on that server. <laughs> so you so should be able to find it. You'll find us. Uh, and probably not by the time you hear this, but by the time we record the next show, I will have also went and created um, something. A for general account for yeah. everything and technically working. And yeah, at unmute.community. So we'll, we'll, we will get that done. So if you're just trying to mention the show, you can mention the show. Uh, we'll... we'll we're, we're working on that. The network is on its way. We we have plans. We have discussions. We have discussed things. We have made decisions. Uh, we have bought domain names. We bought domain names. And honestly, we would be a little bit further along, except I really was on my back for like a whole week with COVID. Yeah. So uh, I'm still catching up. Uh, I am doing better. Doing a whole lot better. We're actually able to record this week. Uh, I think I'm going to implement an idea that if for some reason Michael at least is not able to do a show, I'll just show up and do the show by myself. It'll probably be boring as hell, but hey, yeah, gotta but, get these you know, episodes out. We we could have pulled someone in, and I have a meeting with Kelly and Romeo on Monday, so might have some backup content there. Just, oh, just leave that deal. Nice, nice. Yeah, I also thought about like if you if you were tied up this week, like I might have tried to pull it in doys or something too. So that that's always an option for us too. We just didn't plan for it, didn't think about it, if, and getting if sick. If you're technically working, reach out to us. Let us know how you're technically working because yeah, we we're looking for some guests to bring on too. So that episode with us and Stephen and Sean and Marty will not be the only time you will hear other voices on this show. Yeah, Marty, keep telling me that this is the same as the DM series. Go for it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And now we'll see if you listen to the whole show. <laughs> I mean, look, there's no F-bombs in here, first off. So, like, listen, that is a major difference. Right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and we will catch up with you next week-ish, maybe. Possibly. Stay subscribed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> huh. We could bring her on. Who's that? Allison. Allison? Ah, yeah. That would be a... Uh... Would be a good interview. Yeah.